uh, discovering what grace is. And uh, for the last couple years, I've been on my own journey of discovering what this whole word means because I had a really bad theology about grace for a long time. And so, you know, I thought, what is this story that God has been doing in my life? And so, Father, I just ask right now that by your Holy Spirit, you would just manifest your presence and your glory through me and in this place, uh, God, that more people would understand your favor and your grace and walk in it every day of their life, here in Belleville and Quinty and around the world, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanted to find out what does favor look like? What does favor look like? Over a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was just going around Belleville to common places, whether it was work or Starbucks or whatever, and I just noticed that there was this goodness in my life. And not something that I did, but I noticed like there was almost like a presence in my life. It was like this weight was on my shoulders, but it wasn't a heavy bad weight. It was like a good weight. I was like, what's going on? I felt happy. I know that's kind of odd for some of you. No, just kidding. I, I'm, I'm, I tend to be happy, but what I mean is it felt more than that. I felt like God's goodness on my shoulders. I'm like, what's going on? Why, why do I feel this way? What, what am I feeling? And um, it's like there was this external presence of favor upon me. And I don't remember doing anything different to earn it. I wasn't praying more, reading the Bible more. All those, those are good things, but I don't remember anything particular. I remember talking to Pastor Kevin, and I said, I'm just experiencing some new things in this whole grace thing, this favor. And he said, well, you know, I want you to call uh, Tom DeHaan, one of our elders, and meet with him as the things he's studying about favor and get with him. And so Tom gave me a book, and we went through that together. And uh, so I was learning about favor and grace. And it was just wonderful. But I have to admit, after a time, I stopped feeling that favor. I stopped feeling that presence. And I almost thought, well, wow, what's wrong with me? I must have really missed it. I slipped back into kind of an earned deserve relationship with God. But I thought, well, I'll just keep studying. And the cool thing is, in Psalm 512, it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him or them as with a shield. And at our church, we call it a favor shield. It protects you, but it comes, the protection is the blessing. The protection is a blessing. That's Psalm 512. It's a good one to start your day off. That God has given you a shield of blessing, a shield of favor. Well, I thought there must be more. There must be more to this favor thing, even though I'm not feeling it or I can't see it with my eyes. So today, we're going to learn how I experience favor from the external to the internal. And the second part of that sentence is the heart of man, if you're wondering. It got cut off of my picture. But that picture is a picture of favor, biblical favor. It's a picture of a family of all generations sitting down, sharing a meal. Not in competition, but as a family. Everyone has a place. There's plenty of food. That's what favor looks like. So we're going to learn how favor starts in the external, but it comes home on the inside, internally. So we're going to ask a few questions here about finding favor. 
What does favor look like? What's the purpose of favor? And how do we increase the favor of God in our life? Those are three things I want to look at this morning. This is the journey I've been on for the last year and a half or so, discovering these things. I want to share some of the things that God has shown me. I believe they'll encourage you in your journey. And at the end, we're going to open up this area, this carpeted area. We're going to have a receiving time where you personally can receive the favor of God. So you don't have to leave today without an increase of the favor of God in your life. But you will have to choose to receive it, but you can increase. So, like I said, what does favor look like? What's the purpose of favor, and how do we increase in favor? Well, what does it look like? Well, when you see external favor, that's the things like you can see with your eyes, which man can add up with a calculator, or you can compare. External favor is something you can touch, or see, or use. A favor that's all around us, and such a favor that people around you can actually see it and say, wow, you just really seem blessed. I just, it's like, why does everything go right for you? Have you ever had someone say that to you? That's external favor, and it's a wonderful thing. Just a few years ago, we just, Katrina and I just really felt blessed. And God showed us in material things that year. I've met with several of you. You could tell me testimonies. Some years, God just material, in a material way blesses you with favor. And you see an increase. If you were to look at your pocketbook, you go, wow, there's more there than last year. And you're happy about that. That's an external blessing and favor of God. He prospers us. And we say, thank God. And some people, when they see it, all I'd say is, thank you. I so appreciate God's blessing. I love what God is doing in my life. I enjoy his blessings. Just be thankful. You don't have to make excuses why God blessed you. You don't have to say, oh, well, you know, it wasn't me. I'm just a sinner. I'm just horrible at this whole thing, but I don't know. God, man, you know, don't talk to me. Just praise his name. It's like you're downplaying yourself. You don't have to downplay yourself. Just acknowledge that God did it, sure. But just enjoy it. You know, if you give a present to someone and they don't enjoy it, it's not very fun to give it to them. When God wants to favor your life, just receive it and enjoy it. That makes dad happy, our father. But here is something that external favor is not. Favor is not poverty. Poverty does not glorify God. It doesn't. Wow, look at me. I'm so poor. Whoever said that and actually brings glory to God? It doesn't. Somehow, we can get confused and glorify poverty. When I went to Africa for just six months with my wife, and we traveled, and there was extreme poverty, though the people did have a richness of soul and a beauty of soul, and a beauty of love and affection for their people and their children. They didn't like poverty. Living on one or two dollars a day wasn't their idea of a good time. How do they pay for their kids to go to school? How do they pay for health care? Guess what? They don't, and they suffer. Poverty is not cool. In the West, we think, oh, wow, it's kind of neat. You know, they don't have anything, and they're still happy. I mean, come on. They've learned to be happy because of who God is, and they tell me they have two things. They just have their families, 
their friends, and, God, and the third thing is God. So God gives them a happiness. Don't get me wrong. But we're not going to glorify poverty and call that the blessing of God. No. That's, you cannot find that in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. So don't be afraid of the favor and the blessing and the prosperity of God. It's biblical. This is the cool thing, that Father God is looking for people to favor. Do you know he's looking for people in this room right now that he can favor? This is the verse out of Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who he, his heart is loyal to him. In this you have, that's where, that's where I want to end right there. So for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking for people right now in this room. And you say, God, I want to give you my heart. I want to, give, I want to be loyal to you. And God goes, I'm looking for a, a guy like that or a lady like that. And I'm going to use you. I can use that person that's loyal. And he can pour out his favor. Now this internal favor. The internal favor is the one that we can't see with our eyes but can be experienced in your heart and in, your whole, in the spirit. Internal favor looks like love, affirmation. And it's the pride of a father that he has for his son and daughters. That's the kind of internal blessing. When you stop looking for the external blessing and that you know that you're already blessed, that means that you've come home. If you're always looking for the blessing... That means you're acting like an orphan who doesn't know their dad already took care of the bill. But when you're a son and daughter, you go, my dad owns the place anyway, so I'm not going to stop looking for it. It just already is. I'll be available for it when it shows up. It's kind of like when you get on the airplane and you're really hoping that you get bumped to a better class. Or that you get some sort of favor. And I go, God, you know, maybe if, you, if I'm a real son and daughter, if you really favor me, I'll get that really nice seat. See how that's like looking for an outward identification of something that should have happened on the inside? That means that we're not quite home yet because we're still looking for an outward sign of an inward work. Now, don't get me wrong, I still ask. And I get it a lot, but I ask, and I ask with an attitude of kindness and humility, meaning I don't care if I get it or not, but I can still be a blessing to that person across the desk. I don't know. I say, is there any chance that there is an open seat with a little extra leg room for my wife and I to travel? Well, let me see, sir. Uh, Yes, that'll be about $75. Well, you know what? Thanks for checking, but... That's okay. I think we're just going to enjoy the uh, economy class. Oh, okay, where are you guys headed? Oh, we're just coming back from our vacation. Great. You know, well, just a second here. Were you okay if you each have your own row, but you get lots of leg room, but you don't sit together? <laughs> My wife says, yes. I say, uh, well, that would be wonderful. She goes, okay, how about like the really big rows, like around the exit rows? You guys okay with that? She goes, I just like working with people that are nice. You're that kind of person. I, I'm happy to help you. You are? Thank you. Thank you. That's all it is. Thanks. I didn't deserve it. But God can favor an attitude 
but he has to stop favoring certain attitudes. Have you ever seen the other person come in and just yell at the retail person? Oh, man, it's embarrassing for the whole room. That person can't receive a blessing because they're, 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 they're clenched like this, their hands, and they can't receive. But certain attitudes God can bless. So as a son and daughter, we're no longer looking for external signs of favor. We know that God has favor on the inside. So let's talk about what is favor for. What's the purpose of favor? What's this all about? Because the trap is to think it's all about more stuff. That's the trap. But without God, we can get caught into that trap. It's about the stuff, about the presence, you know, the kind of presence under a tree. We think that's what it's about. But you know what? Favor, here's the first thing. Favor is for multiplication. God wants to favor your life and multiply things in your life. Why does he want to multiply? Because God wants to prove to you that God is the God of more than enough. God is not the kind of God who goes, well, I hope I can get by this month. This is going to be a tight one. And if you really act good, I'll maybe help you pay your bills. There is nowhere in Scripture even close to that. God is the God that's more than enough. God's favor is for multiplication. He wants to pour so much into you that you can in turn give it back to God and give it to others. Favor is to increase so much blessing in your life that you have overflow to give away. It's not just for us, it's for others. Favor is for multiplication. So I want you to be open to God's favor multiplying in your life. Not just addition, but multiplication. More than enough. Secondly, favor is for victory in your battles. You know all those worship songs we just sang about victory through worship? Favor is for victory in your battles. Favor is so rich that you can stop defending yourself. Stop trying to fight your own battles in your flesh or in your own human strength. You can surrender. Say, God, Papa God, Daddy God, if you're real and I'm your child, then go ahead and take care of business. And you can let go. It's such a freeing thing to let go and let God win your battles. It takes risk. you got to let go and let God get the victory. We stop defending ourselves and allow God to be the one who fights for us. I don't know about you, but when I read about Moses and Joshua in the Bible, if they tried to get their own victories, I think our scriptures would look a lot different. But those two men and the leaders with them learned a couple things, and that's how to let God fight for them. How to let the presence of God lead you into victory. That's favor. And this is a cool one here. Favor is the God's power or grace for you to love God back. Favor, when it boils down to it, gets into the love category. I know that's a shocker for you, that God would lead it back to love. But favor opens your heart to teach you how to love God, how to love God back. I used to think God was just this cloud up there, and you kind of talked to him, and you made sure you told him a few things, but you don't let him catch you sinning, whatever you do, because he's probably angry anyways. And Jesus, well, he's on your side because he died for you and all that, but good thing. That's just bad theology. Good theology 
is that God is a father. He wants to pour out extravagant blessings on your life and in turn that you can share that with the world and be a light and salt in our world. See, a certain lawyer, it says, uh, stood up to teach him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this habitually, and you will live. See, we need a grace to love God. We need a grace to love our God back and to love him well. So really, what, what is favor? Favor is fulfilled or comes to maturity when we have relational wholeness. See, it's not about the stuff. It's about the people. So you know you're walking in favor when God starts to renew and give you fresh love for the people in your life. If your love tank is low, your favor tank is low. Because you can have all the stuff in the world and have broken relationships, and it just doesn't matter. But favor connects your heart to love people, to forgive people, and to let them love you. Favor opens doors. Here's a shortcut for you. Favor is for family. The two words, favor and family, go together. Because God has created a kingdom, and it's based on a family model. Favor is for family. So not just your biological family, but the people in this room. Favor is for us to get along. Favor is for us to forgive one another. Favor is for us to love and serve one another. And if you find that difficult, that just needs you mean you need more of God. Don't judge yourself and go, oh man, I'm a horrible Christian. No. Just come and get more favor. Come get your tank filled up so you can go out. This past week, I um I chose to go to Starbucks to get a coffee. And it was a great choice. And when I got there, uh, one of the management came out and said, do you have a moment I'd like to talk to you? I said, oh, boy. I'm either in the principal's office or this is good. And uh, they began to, sh- they said, you know what, I got a big thing going on in my life. And they began to tell a story about what changes were happening. The dreams were coming true in their life. And they said, you know what? I told, I told the staff, but I wanted to be the first one to tell a customer. I wanted to tell you. And she was going to tell Pastor Kevin, but he wasn't there that day. She was, wait, she was waiting for him. She told me that. Told him, yeah, Friday. But in other words, there was, so much, there was so much love and favor. If you could have seen her eyes, she was like a child telling a dream. She wanted to know how I would react. Would I accept her dream? Would I affirm it? Would I tear it down? You know, you can see people, and they want to know, do you love me? Are you okay with my dreams too? And I could smile and celebrate. Favor is when we can celebrate with people and not be jealous. When people are successful, we just celebrate with them. Because when they're successful, really in the kingdom, we're successful, right? When any people in this room get successful... We all get more successful. It's together. It's a body. Now, here's the key. How do we receive more favor? How do we receive it? And this is the key that I've been learning. You receive favor from a position of rest. 
You receive favor from a position of rest. And the most important place to have favor is in your closest relationships. You know, it's not easy to develop good, healthy, personal relationships. It takes work, doesn't it? Have you found that to be true in life? It doesn't happen by default. The way Katrina and I got together as a couple was not by default. It wasn't either one of us just going off doing whatever we wanted. Because there was a time, I don't know what year it was, that that God showed a picture to Katrina that I was to be her husband. Now, he did not show me that picture at the same time. She asked God for a man of certain certain conditions, you know, very handsome, strong, good-looking, uh, all that kind of stuff. And this picture popped. No, just kidding. That's different. You can ask her what she prayed for. But it looks a lot like this. Whatever that prayer was, this is what it looks like. I just had that revelation. So she prayed and asked God for a certain type of man, and, and then God gave her a picture. Now, we were just friends at that time. We never dated before that. At all. We were just friends, like brothers and sisters. And one time we were at a conference in Kelowna, B.C. with a youth group, and we were leaders. And God, I think, showed me. He said, I think, he said, that one's your wife. And I was like, what? You know, when you're friends with someone, you're not expecting God to say, oh, that one over there. And so it kind of went right over the old head. I think that was in 2001. And so I was a little slow there. And I just, oh, okay. And I just went the other way and put that one away. But God had revealed that to her before that. Several years passed, and all of a sudden I get a letter in the mail. And I open it up, and it's kind of a big letter. It's from Katrina. And she was living here, and I was living out west. And she was just catching me up on her life. We stayed in touch, whether it was letter, email, whatever. And she said, you know, I've always wondered something. She goes, we've always been great friends, but I wonder if we are ever supposed to be more than just friends. She said, I, would, I don't like regrets. She said, I'm not a person who likes to live with regrets. So I'm not going to sit back and just go, well, okay. She goes, why, why don't we just, could you just pray and consider this opportunity? Not opportunity. She said, she said would you take 30 days to pray? That's next week. No, just kidding. In the letter, it said, I don't know if we're supposed to be more, but I'd hate to miss it if this is what God's trying to do. Don't say yes or no now. Would you just take a month and just to seek God and see what he says? So I replied back and said, yes. And so I took the 30 days and prayed. And uh, before then, I had made a list of things that I was looking for in a spouse, and I had prayed those things. And I had to ch- every category I was checking off because I had the things that I wanted and the things that I needed. And she was every need, check, 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 check. And I told the Lord, I said, I'd be kind of foolish not to at least be open to this idea because she is already my friend, plus she fulfills all these things. Wow. And uh, so we talked on the phone, and and she says, well, where are you at? And I said, well, I can't say no. And I knew I couldn't say a big yes yet because we we hadn't spent enough time together. So she flew out that Christmas. Uh, during her uh, Christmas break, she was a teacher in Frankfurt, and 
within three days, I asked her to date me for the intention of getting married to court me. Because I knew, well, just being around her just a short time, that this is the kind of woman I want to be around. So that's a brief part of our story. But you see the intentionality of her courage to step out. This woman has plenty of courage. And the favor, she had a dream in her heart, and she knew God had talked to her. And I was a little slow to the story on that one. And I came around really quick once God got a hold of me. Three days it took me. And then I never let go since then. But our relationships, it's not like we're going to just sit back and rest in God and say, well, God, you do it. You wait on God, and then when God tells you what to do, do it. And if you make a mistake, own up to it and say, I'm sorry, and then do, it, do, do what God tells you to do. It's okay. It's a partnership. Pastor Kevin's been teaching us that. We're supposed to partner. God wants to favor your closest relationships. And the only limit that God has for us, which I learned from Bill Johnson when we were in Toronto last month, the only limit that God has for us is the size of our yes. The only limit of the favor of God in your life is the size of your yes. So if you have a little yes, like, yes, God, you can favor me uh, in my financial bank account. But you keep your relationships to yourself, you keep your dreams to yourself, then you're limiting God to where he can favor you. God is only limited by the size of our yes. Have you ever prayed those prayers? God, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it, as big as you want to do it, you can have everything that I am, all that I ever will be, for your purposes. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Try praying that in, in the morning and see what will happen a year from now, where you'll be. God is looking for people to show himself strong on. He just needs a man or woman to say, here I am. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, in the way you want to do it, go for it, God. Have your way. And Belleville will never be the same. Desert Stream will never be. But he needs you to choose that first. He's waiting for permission to radically transform your life. He wants to do it through his favor and his love. That's what we actually, if some of you know that we have a Celebrate Recovery program here, that's actually what we teach in Celebrate Recovery. As they go through the steps, you learn to acknowledge the areas in your life that you haven't said yes yet to God. So you say, okay, yes, God, I have a character defect in this area. I'm saying yes to you and your Holy Spirit. Go ahead and change my life. I give you permission, and I will spend the next, uh, might be a year or so, in a small group of people, in a community of people who love me, to walk into freedom. You're giving permission to God to let his favor come into your life. So how do we receive favor? It's from rest. You heard the story maybe of Mary and Martha in the Bible. It says, now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into the house. And Jess, if you want to come back up or however you want to do that for our closing music. A certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat, everyone say sat, at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about so many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. We know we are entering into God's favor when we stop striving. We know we are in God's favor when we stop striving. And this is the idea. In the kingdom, there's always rest before success. In the kingdom of God, I'm not talking about how the world works. In the kingdom, there's always rest before success. You rest in God. And then God begins to favor you and give you victory. And you have success. Now, you can go and get success a different way. You can go and make things happen. Have you ever, how does that going for you? Really neat, the front, when you get all the applause, and then your life just starts crashing. Because as humans, we were never meant to do it alone. We were meant to let God lead us into that place. We know we're in God's favor when we stop striving. In Revelation chapter 13, Jesus is talking uh, to the churches. He's prophesying to them and challenging them. He says in chapter 3, verse 19, this is the amplified version. He says, those who I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and discipline them. I show them their faults and instruct them for training. So be enthusiastic and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior, and seek God's will. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. This is a corporate word. This is not just for individuals. He was talking to the church. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. I will restore him and he with me. And he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down besides my Father on his throne. And today as we close, whether it's like Mary coming and sitting down at the feet of Jesus, or it's like this church in Revelation where Jesus is outside of the door knocking and said, can I come in with you? Can I restore you? Can I bring rest to your life? Can I sit you on the throne with me like I get to sit with my dad on, my th- on his throne? God wants to bring success and blessing to your life. But he only does it through rest. And so in closing today, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Some of you just to say, Jesus, I've been doing it my own way. And I'm sorry. That's what repentance is, is changing your mind. And saying, you know what? I'm tired of doing this my own way. I want to do it the Jesus way. I want to get success from God now. I want to be favored at work because of God's favor, not me just uh, working the hardest, even though hard work is great. But I want, to, I want to work from rest, not work so that one day I can rest. I want to work from rest, work from God's success first and show the world a different way. I want to invite you as singles, as couples, as individuals, however you want to do it, to come up here with me and rest in God's presence. They're going to play a song. And I thought 
this is not, this is a thing where you come and you sit down physically. You know how Mary did it with Jesus? She sat at his feet. It's the posture of receiving and letting Jesus be an authority. So I want to do that as we close. To invite you to come and sit at the feet of Jesus and surrender your life again. And just say, you know what? Jesus, I'm giving you first place. I'm tired of running the ship. I'm tired of being boss. And after you do that, some of our leaders will check in with you and ask you if they can pray for you. But we want to just let you go first. You go to God. You get the success. Father, we open these this carpet up, God, for your success and your favor to fall upon these people. Or nothing to be earned or to, to work harder, but just a, just a gift of love, a gift of grace to fall on people. We just open them for you, Holy Spirit, to do ministry, to encourage, to affirm, and to build them up. This is the lifestyle of rest. This is a lifestyle of favor. Every day you just come before God and you let go and you invite him and his favor over you and your family, and your friends, your business place. It's the next level. It's awesome. It's good. And it's full of the unconditional love of God. And we're going to just take that time up front here. And if you're out there, you can, you can wait in God's presence too. And then when you're, you, you desire to go, you can, because we're at that time. You'll be free to go. We'll be back Thursday at Maranatha Church for the Will Graham event. I just want to open this time now for you to come and to rest and find a new success in God through resting. Thank you. God bless you today.